Hello, sports and spaghetti listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Underground's Record Cafe. Go get some breakfast or lunch and some records only at Underground's Record Cafe, 206 Main Street, Oakville, Connecticut. And find them on Instagram at Underground's Record Cafe. Now, on to the episode. How did you get me alone? <laughs> That was really on the spot. Uh, thank you, yeah. Wow. Like on the spot as in like describing the situation or my pitch? No, describing the situation. Uh, is that a little flat, Chris? It's how do I get... Anyway, you're just in the wrong key. That's uh, okay. I, I only sing in the key of rock. That That's it. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a good... It's a good band, good song. And roll. And roll. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm back. No Nikki this week, so... It's just it's just a nasty and walk daddy back at it with our special guest, Mr. Benjamin, <sighs> sitting on the couch as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, a little down for the count. Yeah. A little under yeah. the weather. <clears throat> he likes uh he's a sock. He's a sock feet. Yeah, he's a big uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's a big proponent. Of the fruit of the loom, <laughs> and, and and he needs to know Victoria's Secret too. Sometimes, oh, no. oh yes, <laughs> I think I think he has Victoria's Secret. I think he might have it. He has ingested. He's got it locked ex- inside. <laughs> he has ingested and excreted Victoria's Secret. <laughs> yep, he he let it leak. Oh, oh. we love you, Benny. We'll see what we get. We, we we got you. You'll be fine. You're probably gonna live. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably going to live again. And then I hit the cheers. Again. 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 How many chances does this dog get (laughs) as he sleeps away the evening? (laughs) Anyway. One one more, Benny. You know what's coming for you? Yeah. Night, night, night forever. Yeah, it might. It could be one more. Tonight. One more more socket. It's night, night forever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ben. We love you. He's napping away peacefully. And, um. Still not hungry, but we'll see where we go. Um, anyway, we love you. Yes, he's always a Hall of Famer no matter what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We might have to rename it after him, but that's okay. <laughs> the Benny's Grammy Scribe. Sponsored by Benny. Sponsored by Benny. Oh, anyway. Well, we made um, we made some food this week, and it was not a... <laughs> It was not a big planned uh, feast. Um, listen, we have busy we have busy jobs, busy lives. Um, wasn't sure if I was going to have a dog tonight when I got home. Um, <clears throat> then I, was, I do. Was positive I wasn't going to have a dog when I got home. Yep, I, I I didn't think I'd have three, but I do. Uh, and, and so I was able to cook uh, tonight. And so I made um, I filleted. So you good over there? Yeah, I'm just hiccuping. Got some cups over there. I got. Um, He's checking his work phone. Now he's checking his My personal phone. phone. Yeah. Got to make sure. Got to know which which one the vibe came from. Right. Got to make sure the time is matching on both. Anyway, um, so I made, um, I filleted some chicken um, and, and made cutlets. Uh, I didn't make chicken cutlets like you're thinking of. I just, I put elote on them like street corn. Um, and for I cooked. I would say for, for the whiteies listening. Explain what street corn is, please. It's corn that you would buy from a food truck. Um, and it's got 
it, it's so yummy. It's got elote on it, which is a mixture of um, of cumin, of salt, garlic, cheese. It just says cheese. I'm pretty sure it's. Um, um, I think it's queso fresco. Queso. Mm. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm not 100% sure on the nope, cheese. No, I was wrong. It is cojita. Cojita. That's right. Cojita is the one. Um, and a few other spices. But um, it really, it, it's such a good flavor that I put it on everything now. I got the Trader Joe's one. And um, I got it as a gift. And it, if you buy me spices as a gift, that is such a good thing. And this was a grab bag gift, so every family got one at the party that I was at. Uh, it doesn't sound like my kind of party. It were, I mean, it, there were drinks there, but I wasn't. I had Sabrina. It was a spice grab bag? A Chris? spice grab bag. I mean, does that not sound like it was made for me? Who left with the everything but the bagel? Because I know that was there. Um. Oh, I think my friend Tyler got that. You can't do a TJ's haul without everything but the bagel. That's good stuff. You know what's not good stuff? When people pronounce it bagel. You know, I've heard people say bagel. Yeah. Who said bagel? Somebody, when I was in St. Greg's, when I was in school, always called it a bagel. I was like, no. The only thing worse than that is like the people from the West Coast where they want it scooped. Do you know what a scooped bagel is? No. Where they like you cut it in half and then <clears throat> all the filling of the bagel, you literally like scoop it out, like kind of like a bread bowl. So you just get like the crust of the bagel on the inside and then you fill that with cream cheese or whatever. It's a big West Coast thing. So you just eat cream cheese in a shell? In the sh- yeah, I guess in the shell of a bagel. But seeing how it's a West Coast thing, they're probably not eating cream cheese. It's probably like something, but not cream cheese. Oh, I don't think dear. I don't think there's a lot of cream cheese in San Francisco. No, there's not. A, there's not a lot of not a lot of dairy. Not a lot of meat. Not a lot of lot of cow or pig uh, or chicken. Uh, or any any other kind of of livestock. There. A lot of bear meat. I I can't I can't go any further there. No B A R E like oh. the like the um the <laughs> vegan meat. I think I've broken Chris. Why did I go straight to the worst possible outcome? Yes, there is a lot of like uh. Like, uh, what is that called? Satan? 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 <laughs> you know what? S-E-I-T-A-N. Satan? I said that guess. first. Yeah, Satan. would be my guess. You've ever seen that? No. At Whole Foods, when I worked there, they have it. You know, they've got the toth. <laughs> they've got the, um, <laughs> they've got the Satan. They've got the Impossible Bergs. Um... They've got the 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 imitation mozzarella. It's so bad. It's not a buffalo. It's the almond almond <laughs> milk. It's not buffalo. <laughs> also, on the side note, I don't know if we talked about this on the mozzarella episode. Do you know how hard it is to find buffalo milk in the states? Oh my god! Good luck. It's it's pretty pretty close to impossible. Yeah, buffalo. You're not gonna find nary a buffalo milk in Na- Connecticut. Nary a buffalo. Not unless you have buffalo. But anyway, um. I lost my train of thought. Satan. Oh, Whole yeah. Foods. So they have the Satan. And so in California, they probably have a lot of that. There's the TOF. Um, there's um, 
and a lot of jackfruit. Did you know that you can use? I swear to you, this is a real thing. A real. This is a serious topic. Uh, they use jackfruit as a meat substitute. Did you know that? I uh, do now. Do you know what a jackfruit is? Yeah, it's like the big spiky, the big spiky, spiky fruit. fruit and you're supposed to eat it like where it's super not ripe yet, and it's like really sweet. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's not expensive. It's very inexpensive as fruit goes. The big fruit is like five bucks, maybe not even that. And um, I don't think you get a ton of fruit out of it, but some people like. <laughs> There's enough fruit in San Francisco. No, oh, yeah, some people love. The flavor of jackfruit and the texture of it, like if grilled and marinated, is very akin to to like uh, chicken or other meat. I swear. So like a portobello as well, how they do like the portobello steaks. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is, but this is like got the uh, got the 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 texture and the the juiciness because it's a fruit still of of. Of of meat, I swear. They have it at Whole Foods in Danbury. They have it right in this town, huh. in this city. There is jackfruit. Stay uh, stay tuned for the jackfruit episode. Stop um, uh, masquerading as a meat. Can you imagine a meat masquerade episode? And I'm not talking. Oh, oh, it's gonna be behind a paywall. I <laughs> <laughs> listen. I I can't. I can't fault anybody for being vegan. Um, my favorite drummer in the world is vegan. Uh, his name's Carter Beaufort. If you oh, didn't know he? that, if nobody no. <laughs> um, another one of my favorite artists, Stephen Wilson, uh, is actually vegan. I I mean, a lot of people, especially a lot of people that have the means, decide to go vegan. Um, it's a it's a thing. It's the last like six or seven years. That's like a real big thing, and power to people that do it. If you can make it work. Pretty sure my Aunt Deb or Cousin Deb, not Aunt. My, I think my Cousin Deb is vegan. And, and my problem with it is that I think it would be too difficult for me right now at this stage of my life to, to switch. Yeah, be- I, I don't think I can be, uh, I don't think I can be nary a meat in my life. I don't think I could be sans meat. Because like tonight having the chicken that we made, I made the, the nice sweet chili lime uh, sauce, which was... I call it nice. It's sour. It's sour because it's got a lot of lime in it, and you liked it. Loved it. And I liked it because it's what I like. Would you serve that at a restaurant? No. It needs to be balanced in order for a lot of people with with palates to eat it. So, but anyway, like I was eating the chicken, and it's a satisfying thing to have your protein. You know you're getting your protein. Sure. There's hummus. Yogurt. I don't like the protein from nuts, people. Yeah, that's rough. That's like t- that's a tough thing because nuts also have a high fat content compared to chicken, and and or you know a nice cut of uh, uh, salmon or even of, especially of turkey. Um, yeah, that's tough. That's a tough thing, but uh, people swear by it. Honestly, they seem really healthy, but I think vegan goes hand in hand with. With going outside a lot, with going hiking a lot, and hey, I love hiking. My dad goes hiking. He's not vegan. Um, it, goes, it goes very well with homemade deodorant, shorts made out of wheat, 
<laughs> um, a, a, an IPA after a long run. An IPA after a long run. Did you know figs aren't vegan? Why? Because, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Do you know how a fig is um, pollinated? Like all other plants. Do you like figs? Oh, it doesn't the bee die inside of it? Not the bee. Multiple wasps. That's what I thought. So for those of you listening. I'm not a big fig guy. No. I do like figs. For those of you listening, the way a fig is pollinated is a specific breed, I guess we can call them breed, of wasp. I don't know if they're called fig wasps. Species. Would, species. Would make sense if they were called fig wasps. Not sure if they are. Uh, what they'll do is they'll crawl into the said unripened fig, unripened fig, and while crawling in, it's a little death trap because they can get in, but they can't get out. And then what happens is they starve to death. They're and then, called fig wasps. They are called fig wasps. And then the fig will consume said wasp and use them to fertilize into nu- nu- nutri- nu- nutrients. Yeah, but how do you, can you make that a verb? For sustenance. Okay. Nutrialize. Just say give it nutrients. Give you nutrients. Oh, dear. (laughs) Fig wasps. Yeah. So there's there's so many dead wasps inside of a fig that they are not considered vegan. A little tidbit of information from A Nasty. I've got nothing to say. This is crazy. I learned that. I learned that from... They are mutually reliant on each other for survival. Yep. But how? How how are they mutually reliable? I believe believe that the fig wasps use the fig flowers. I think figs will also flower. I don't know if I'm correct. Um, I think they use that for some sort of honey. Wasps don't make honey, so I was wrong. <laughs> I don't know how they use it. Maybe they use it for food because wasps are terrible and they'll eat anything. Got big old pincers. Uh, no, I, I learned that. In... A female fig wasp forces her way into a non-edible, unripe, male-behaving fig where she lays her eggs in the flowers. Along the way, her antennae snap and her wings are yanked from her body. It's, she loves it. It's too. a tight squeeze. Oh no. Leaving her no way out. Her wingless male offspring mate with the winged female offspring, yes, their sisters, before using their huge jaws to chop tunnels through the fig that will allow the ladies to leave. The fertilized female wasp collects pollen from the male flowers, then she squeezes out the engineered escape groups, leaving her brothers and mother for dead. Inside the fig, it's her duty. That's their job. That's the job. I learned that. So, from... the, so the, hold on. So those those fig wasps are born inside the fig, and they die inside the fig. That's all they do. I learned that from a kid in high school. Do you ever have those super like Italian kids where they look at you and they're like, "My grandmother came over here with nothing but fig seeds." If you know who I'm talking about, you know I sound exactly (laughs) like him. Um, I'm not going to name names. Oh, my God. Probably doesn't listen to this, but not going to name names. Uh, But he's like, yeah, my my grandmother was actually. 
Oh, God. She was actually conceived under the fig tree. Like, okay, oh, that's God. great. That's awesome. Nice to know. Yeah, her father came over, nothing but fig seeds and 18 cents in his pockets. One of those guys. Yeah, I think he's a priest now. No, he's not a priest. That's another kid I went to high school with. His dreams were of joining the priesthood. That's fascinating, though. <clears throat> yeah, figs, dude. Wow. Well, this took a turn. Yeah, bring us some figgy pudding. How about that? You're eating dead wasps. Right, it's not vegan. Take Can't that, be Jim. because it wasn't made, uh, it was made uh, by animals. Well, my thing is, if it's vegan, it's it's if it had a face at one point. Like, that's kind of the rule of thumb. It, it's not vegan. If yeah, it if, it, if it once had a face, it's not <clears throat> vegan. <clears throat> I believe but that's the correct. fig never had a face. Yeah, but you're you're also eating something that consumed another living being, perhaps. Uh, is a is a Venus flytrap? Can I have a Venus flytrap salad? No. Has anybody ever eaten one? I don't know. This is why we need Nikki. We need a little producer. We do need a producer, Nikki. Nick, Nikki, Nikki, you're back. You're hired again. Yeah, you're. We need him back. Imagine he just walked in right now. Can you eat? This is the most ridiculous pot episode I've ever been on. Can you eat a Venus fly trap? <laughs> what is wrong with us? Um. Uh. Here we go. Ready? But why is the first answer? <laughs> um. You you can eat them. Yep. But they are a protected species in many areas. You can... Protected species? They sell them at Lowe's. Um, <laughs> the plant would... Well, what would happen if, if you ate... Did it say the plant, the plant would it, die? The, the man-eating plant eaten by a plant-eating man. I like that. <laughs> they can be, co- be consumed um, only where harvesting them is legal. Uh, many other animals eat them. Um, yes, you can. Uh, medicines are of interest uh, as well. Uh, well. Yeah, you can eat it. You okay. Eat it. So <clears throat> you can have we're a fly gonna... trap salad. It looked like a microgreen. <laughs> a little Jesper. A little Jeez. Jasper Hill blue cheese uh, on top. That's not vegan now, though. So, I don't think the Venus flytrap would be. So, what we're going to do is we're going to... By the way, when you're hearing this, Nikki, you've newly you've been appointed social media manager. It's yeah. new. We'll text you afterwards. Yeah. Whip up those graphics, kiddo. No, you're not at work. <clears throat> right now, at least. Because um, it's late. But He's not at work. <laughs> I love you, Nick. We're going to have... Uh, we'll, we'll do a poll on Instagram and here. Is a Venus flytrap salad... Vegan. <laughs> That's so stupid. We're desperate for clicks at this point. No, we have we have very steady viewership. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It's pretty. Solid. I'm very thankful for everybody that listened. Also, um, we missed a week. I don't know if you guys knew and noticed, but Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, yeah, to all. Yeah, we kind of softly missed the week. Yeah, we had plans, and then you were like, "I'm busy," and then I was like, "Eh." And then we kind of just were and like, then we just never texted each other for the whole week. Well, when I, usually when I don't get a pod question mark text, I'm like, oh, he's daddy duty right now. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, it was a busy week. We had a lot of fun. We took Sabrina on her first train ride. 
Um, Shoot you. Yeah, and um, we're, we've got another one lined up either this weekend or next weekend. We're going to go down to Botanical Gardens. They have a train show down there. You know what they probably have at Botanical Garden? The Venus flytrap. See if it's legal to harvest. I could, I could, I could clip one off. I could bring my sissies. <laughs> and bring my new kitchen sissies. <laughs> and shear one off. And bring it home. We'll chop it up real good. They probably have a whole uh, terrarium full of them. Yeah. Um, is that the right word? Terrarium I is think the closed. Terrarium is turtle, right? That's what you'd put no, a, a tur- turtle in. No, no. A terrarium <laughs> is uh, the closed ecosystem what when it's corked. You, what would you put a turtle in? I don't know. A terrapinarium? I hate you, first off. No, I think it's a ter- I think turtles go in terrarium. No, they do not. Chris. Anthony Panthony. Nicky, look it up. Nick, look this up. A terrarium. Now, don't don't try to tell me what a plant lives in. A terrarium. I pull up a picture with a turtle in it, Chris. I'm not going to. That's not what a terrarium is. It's a sealable glass container containing soil and plants that uh, can be open for maintenance to access the plants inside. All right. We got to look this up now. Sorry. We've gone off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. A closed terrarium's transparent walls allow heat and light to enter, creating a unique environment for plant growth. Try to tell me it's for turtles. Come on. Turtles will live in. Oh, turtle tank. Oh, <laughs> a turtle tank. A turtle tank, huh? Terrarium, I won that one. It's okay. <laughs> it's, a tur- it's a turtle tank. It's just a... T- yeah, terrarium is a closed... Um, Environment, but you could, yeah, you could put carnivorous plants in a terrarium, but that's not what they have at the, the gardens. They're all out in the open in the greenhouse. Maybe that was the right word, green in a greenhouse. Anyway, um, yeah, we're gonna take her down there with my mom most likely, and that is gonna be her first like big train ride because that's like to the city. Like, like this was just like a, a test run. My mom will get to see her on her first big train ride. And I know my mom really wants to go on over there. So are you gonna this are you gonna fun. make your mom watch her while you go try to ask the? Uh, <laughs> you go try to ask the the conductor if you could steer. <laughs> if I can steer, <laughs> you don't steer a train. Well, you, you pilot a train. You're called an engineer. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, you don't steer a train. Do you get to wear a silly hat too? I don't have to wear a hat. Only if I'm the conductor. <laughs> <laughs> the conductor was so cool because he punched Sabrina a ticket with a smiley face on it, uh, like a keepsake uh, ticket. It was actually really cool. They're cool. MTA is cool. Shout out MTA. They also reposted my um, my picture uh, when I was with Sabrina waiting for the train. Well, Melissa and her were waiting for the train. They reposted the picture uh, of the train. Yeah, of, of mine. I was on MTA's Instagram. I'm famous. I love that. I'm actually famous. Yeah, you're famous to all 14 people and the homeless guys that regularly take deuces in the subway cars. That's right. I love that. Yeah. Metro North Railroad. They're good railroads. Anyway. Um, it's the only railroad I know. How was your, there's um, Amtrak. How was your, your holidays, your Christmas and New Year? <clears throat> Christmas was good. We had our traditional Greek Christmas Eve. We had the lamb, which I cooked uh, as always. I changed the recipe a little bit and you would have thought my mother uh, you would have you would have thought that I I, I was a criminal oh, with my boy. mother with my mother's reaction. It's not traditional. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't make it like this. 
guy's looking down on you right now, and she's upset that I grated an onion into the marinade. <laughs> That's all you did. I did to change it. I said, Ma, there's going to be onion powder in the marinade. I thought I would just go with the fresh version. Oh, my God. It's so much better. I don't want it to taste oniony. Mom, you know how often I use grated onion? Yeah. Has it ever tasted oniony? No. So what's the problem? If anything, it's going to taste less oniony. You know, it's funny. My great-grandmother, 90, I don't know, in her 90s, she's old, um, looked at me as she's eating it. Was this the best lamb we've had in years? And I looked at my mother, and I said, I know. I wonder why. Because I, I, because of this podcast, I don't know if I've given you guys the credit and Chris the credit. Because of this podcast, my cooking skills have improved significantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've done 42, not 42 meals, but 42 episodes. But it's not even that. It's like I'm taking it seriously. Exactly. It's like, like, oh, I can make this taste better. I wonder how I can make this taste better. So, like, tonight with my thing, I, I, I knew eating it that it was sour and i know i could add honey to it yeah. or a little bit of vinegar or a little bit of sugar or a little bit of i can add so many things to it if i wanted to make it melissa friendly you know yeah or it's just so it's it's really opened us up to that and it's fun it's open like a, a venus flytrap that's right <laughs> um no i mean we had our we had our traditional greek and then on christmas day we had our italian one and my aunt made lasagna, and those of you listening know I hate lasagna, um, but I ate it. It was good. Um, I asked to make it uh, like a thousand times. They're like, nah, you're good. Auntie Dane's going to make it. And I was like, but I really want to make it. I wanted to do Carmela Soprano's recipe. Oh. Yeah, I wanted to do with the with the ground beef mm-hmm. as well as this. You cut up a piece of sausage, cut yeah. up some sausage. Oh, yeah. And That's then how you Grammy do, did it. And I then, think. Oh, and then you do you do a layer of fresh basil underneath the cheese, Ooh. and then you you put the cheese in a broiler, get it all crunchy, and then the basil underneath. Gets Grammy crunchy. did her meat sauce, which had sausage in it. Yeah, we would do just like a regular ground beef meat sauce. Oh, that sounds good with the basil. Yeah, Carmela Soprano will have her own episode of Sports and Spaghetti. She's a queen, and so will Giada. Oh, Giada could have anything she wants. <laughs> we like Giada. Oh, I do. I, I more than like. And Sabrina's crying. You got to go, go do Daddy Do. I don't know. We'll see. Probably. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll go. We'll be back. All right. So in the meantime, think about Giada, and we'll be right back. <clears throat> Hi, bear. So now I'm a bear. Oh dear. This mouse is ready for bed. I use that uh, gif of Tutter pooping a lot. <laughs> That's a great episode. My mouse will quote that mouse and be like, just pooping all the time. Just pooping. Make sure you wash your hands. Oh, my God. He's got that slight New York, slight New York accent. He's a rat. Yeah. Oh, he's a mouse. Rat, mouse, same thing. No, Tutter mouse. Ow. I was uncomfortable. Tutter mouse. Anyhow, um, introduce my segment, boy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. We can actually get sued for that, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, so it's officially time 
for the good, the bad, and the eh given to you, presented by the one and only Mr. Chris Walker. This is in no particular order. All right, Anthony Panthony. So the the um the good this this is an all hockey in no particular order. I'm back to the roots. It's that season. Yeah, it's it's hockey all the time, and I love when that's the case. No, I'm not going to talk about the Islanders, so forget about that. And they're like, oh, you always talk about the Islanders. No, we're not doing the Islanders because they're just mid right now, middling. Anyway, the good this week is the Seattle Kraken. Um, they just won the Winter Classic. Um, they shut out the Vegas Golden Knights. It was the first shutout ever in a Winter Classic. So, Joey Decord, shout out to you uh, in goal for the Kraken. It was only the second time the Kraken have ever beat the Golden Knights um, ever since the Kraken came into the league. Since inception. <laughs> Two seasons ago. Um, but still, they are division uh, rivals, if you will. And so they play each other more. So I, I'm pretty sure in eight games, uh, Vegas had won seven of eight. And so the Kraken got a big win. And uh, the Kraken are now on an eight-game point streak, which is the longest in franchise history. So that is definitely good enough to be the good of the week uh, in an all-hockey in no particular order, for sure. Um, I could have given an honorable mention to Leicester City for for just crushing the championship right now, uh, but that would have been very cliche and predictable. Uh, so I wanted to keep it all hockey uh, for this one, you know. So they're my good, the the Kraken. Um, Jordan Eberle, miss you. Yanni Gord. It's a good team. Good team. Uh, solid goaltending right now. Fun to watch. Cool jerseys. Terrible mascot. Me and Biz uh, have that in common. We agree on that. Uh, just a disgusting mascot. And I'm starting to think the Biz Butch Goring thing is funny. It's it's it. It almost seems like it's in good fun. At the end of the day. Yeah, I mean it's if it's a serious thing, it wouldn't be like in the spotlight so much. Like they made a they they talked about Butch a lot in the Winter yeah. Classic uh, pregame show. Anson Carter, who's an MSG guy, um, was saying that Butch was inside the the mascot for the Kraken, uh, and he dunked him in the dunk tank. It was you know it's just fun. It's good for hockey, uh, and so I'm lightened up on Biz for now. This is okay. I promise I'm paying attention. I'm just writing out uh, my pet threats. So I don't care continue. if you're paying attention. I'm talking to the mic. I mean, I could just, it's in no particular order. I'll just put my microphone down. You can do whatever you want. This is my show right now. I, I am the captain now. <laughs> now your mic is down. So the bad this week, um, you know, we're going to do the eh first this week. The eh is the Buffalo Sabres, and I'm going to explain this, okay? Anthony's smiling. I'm going to explain why, and maybe it's good that he has his microphone down for this because I'm going to dig into him a little bit here. So he was he took this guy, this guy uh, weeks ago, took out a flyer, took a flyer on the Sabres for a hunch, and then another hunch. Uh, it's actually three. I checked. It was two hunch and then another hunch, so it was three hunch. Okay, so there's $300. Also, uh little scary update i haven't heard from him in months so he's an older guy i don't know what's going on i'm gonna try to call him soon but i haven't heard from him so yeah okay a little scared but uh i, I like i, I want to call but it's like i don't know if he's gonna answer 
Uh, just give him a call, please. The Sabres are 15, 19, and 4. Maybe this is why he hasn't texted you after that guy bet 300 on them to win the Stanley Cup. 15, 19, and 4. That's 15 and 23 if you're keeping track at home. Um, it's not looking too good, especially since uh, they're 2, 4, and 1 in their last seven games, and they're just above Ottawa at the bottom of the Atlantic Division standings. Um, looking very similar to last season. Uh, they just can't get it done right now. They just, they're not middling. They're very, they're, they're bad. They're not a good team. They're a team that uh, other teams see on their schedule and they're, and, and they're saying, oh, this is a beatable team. Uh, and you don't want to be a beatable team. Uh, it's weird being the Islanders because, uh, we're a team that nobody knows what to do with. Uh, they're beatable sometimes, and they're impossible to beat other times. But the Sabers are very beatable. When you when you're 15 and 23, it's not, um, it's not a good thing to be. Uh, when you're eight games below, well, you're four games below NHL 500, but eight games below 500 overall, it's bad. Uh, so the the Sabers are the S, especially after that old guy bet 300 dollars on them to win the cup. Um, and then the real bad this week. Uh, is Ilya Samsonov of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I should say of the Toronto Marlies of the AHL. He was waived. He was put on waivers by the Leafs uh, earlier in the week. And with good reason. He's 5-2-6 and six this season. Um, again, that's 5-8 and eight, uh, from your starting goalie. That's the starter. Martin Jones is not supposed to be the starter this season. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ilya Samsonov's net. 5-2-6 and six with an 8-6-2 save percentage and a 3.94 goals against average. You could have Marner. You could have Matthews. You could have Pajama Boy. You could have Nylander. You could have all of them on your team. And if you're giving up four goals a game, I don't care who you have on your team. You could put McDavid, Crosby, and Matthews on the same line. And if you're giving up four goals a game... You're not going to win a lot of games. I just You're just not. When your average is four, <laughs> you're not going to get playing time. Even the worst teams, goalies, are putting up a 3.1 or 3.2 goals against because they'll steal games and their save percentage will be 920. Uh, see New York Islanders the last 10 seasons. Um, when you have as good a team as Toronto in front of you um, and and you're putting up these numbers, not only is it bad, but you're also not going to last because Toronto will destroy you. And uh, it was like sad to watch him play because there's something wrong with his game. So they're hoping that he goes down to the minors and he, you know, and he, he figures his game out. The problem I have with a move like that, Ant, and you don't have to answer still. I'm I'm not just I'm just pr- pretending to converse with you. The problem I, I have can converse. I'm I'm paying attention. The problem I have with the move down to the minors, with a move like this, it's it's one thing to rehab from an injury and get three games, and and you know that's what the minors can be used for, like when Rick DiPietro was trying to come back from every injury ever. Um, but what I. But what I don't like is that Samsonov was the starter in the NHL, got waived, and now he's going to start taking over the net. He's just handed the net. 
And some would argue, well, he's earned that right, and he's there to try to make his way back up. You haven't proven anything. So there's going to be games where you're riding the bench, and you shouldn't be expected to play every game. The other thing it does is the backup goalie in the NHL, and I forget his name because it's a guy I don't know. I could find it in a second, but I'm not going to waste my time. Behind Martin Jones right now is unproven, untested, and probably won't play. At least not much. He's probably going to get a couple games here and there, but not like he would get at the level he's playing at in the NA, at the AHL. So it kind of upsets the balance everywhere, and Samsonov is not proven in the AHL either. So if he if he's, has the same record down there, then uh-oh. Because, I mean, the level is different, but it's not that much different in a game. It's not... It is that different. But as a goalie, like it's in his head now, he's trying to get himself right. It's not terribly different. They're still professionals. It's not semi-pro. You're pro. So enough with my rambling. Um, That's what I think about this whole thing with Samsonov. And that's that. I don't ramble a lot. Do we want to throw an honorable an honorable mention? Yes, go the, for it. Okay, my honorable. We talked mention. about this beforehand. We did. That's why I brought it up. Um, uh, I have input in in no particular order, which is nice. So yes, uh, my honorable mention is my guy on the Minnesota Wild, their <laughs> first line center, who we were worried about, but he's having a good season, Mister Ryan Hartman. This is the eh. This is the eh. Now we'll explain why it's the eh. Uh, Ryan Hartman had been, I believe, fined as well as suspended for a high-sticking incident. Now, somebody says, high-sticking, isn't that just a minor penalty? Don't they just go to the bin for two minutes? <laughs> or less. Or less. Yeah. No, no. Now, the reason he got said fine is because in back-to-back games against Vancouver, which Vancouver won both of them. In back-to-back games against Vancouver, I believe it was Saturday and Monday or Saturday and Sunday, um, but they were back-to-back regardless. In game one, the Minnesota Wild lost Philip Gustafson as well as Kirill Kaprizov to injury. I was watching that game. Yeah, and it was a, it was a pretty dirty hit on Kirill. That would have been game... That would have been Saturday. Yeah. And so... It had to have been Sunday, the next game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it was Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Monday, but I know it was back Because Monday was New Year's, and the only oh, game yeah. was the classic. Yeah, yeah so Saturday, Sunday. Um, so, Carell, dirty hit, injured. Um, so, Ryan Hartman, on the, upon the face-off, I don't remember who it was, just, just high-sticked my guy from Vancouver right in the face, right <laughs> off the drop. Um now, you'd think, oh, maybe Hartman could push it off as an accident. Maybe he didn't mean to do it. Nay, nay. <laughs> My guy from Vancouver is mic'd up for the game. <laughs> and Ryan Hartman <laughs> hits him in the face with a stick and goes, sorry, man, somebody had to get it for, you know, somebody had to get payback for Kirill, which, respect that. That's why it's an eh and it's not a bad because you always have your superstars back. Yep. But. Buddy, you just got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, my guy. Literally. Um, quite quite literally, you can't appeal it, you can't do anything. And 
you know, Ryan Hartman has filled, I don't want to say the Sam Steele sized hole in my, in my chest. Cause Sam Steele wasn't even that good. Um, he's a fourth liner for the, for the stars, but Hartman has, he's played very well. He's, she's my shock of the season so far. Hartman and Marco Rossi are up there, but my guy, yes, props for, you know, props for protecting your superstar, but at least don't say like, yeah, I did it on purpose. Like just try to get away with it. My guy, you know, I got to tell you something. Yeah. I got a problem with the stars. I know. I, same. Big time. I know. I, they really, and I've talked about how annoying they are, but uh, but I watched I watched the last game. It was yesterday. I watched part of the game on ESPN Plus, um, and they lost the game. And Scott Wedgwood, I like Wedgwood. Okay? I do like Scotty Wedgwood. He's a career-long backup. He's getting a lot of games right now. Um, it's great. I'm so thrilled that he's getting a lot of games. And they lost. They lost the game yesterday. But boy, oh boy, they scored. Ben, Jamie Ben bothers me. Mm-hmm. He's like a toddler in yeah. interviews. Yes. He's a toddler on skates. He's like savvy walking around. It's it's it, dude. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. Oh my god! And it's and it's to the fact of like the guy's the captain of the team. Oh, he won't. I mean, he'll take bad penalties and he'll try to start fights that are shouldn't be started. Like against Minnesota last year, when Minnesota beat them in the playoffs, um, in the game, not the series, obviously, beat him in the game. He's like swinging, throwing punches on the like he got on Minnesota's bench to throw punches, and then refused to talk to the media after. Is like, buddy, take Stop. your like take your passy out. Literally, you know, like it's it's bad. Oh, it's, terrible! It's, and it's and the and the Dallas Stars drives me Dallas Jules Stars and Jules Dallas. does it every stars. time they store they score. So she'll oh like clap, God. and I want to throw. Oh, oh throw God. her out the window! Oh, it's so bad. Now that now that everything seems good, I can talk about the stars like that, and and there would be no shrapnel. <laughs> but in a in a playful way, they really aggravate me. Um, just to watch them, and uh, they're a good team, but but the very the whole vibe just drives me nuts. Anyway, that's that. It's tough. It's tough. I I don't like from top to bottom. It's. I agree. I mean, I want to say it's bad. I don't want to say bad locker room vibes, bad locker room culture, but like when your captains and your assistants are little crybabies, that's what's oh, going to yeah. be. That's what's going to be trickled down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, You're just uh, a bit, bunch of babies. That's, that's what it is. What's next on the docket, Christopher? Um, I well, what, what you're getting ready for is it not? Bet the rent. Bet no. the rent's next on the docket. You want to talk about Leicester City? Oh, uh, we can talk about Leicester. Um, I wanted to talk about Leicester, and then I wanted to also talk about Michigan. That'll uh, segue. So there, yeah. But anyway, so let me pull it up just so I get the numbers right. Um, I gotta tell you, it's been a lot of fun. Um, being a Leicester City uh football club fan, and the reason why is because I'm never, and I do mean never, a fan of a winning team. I'm never a fan of a team that's in first place. 
it may be first place in the in the second league, but I'm a fan of a first place team. Okay, and it's so nice to go out every game and win. So they had a draw. They played six games um, since December 13th, which is a lot for soccer. Usually you play once a week, maybe twice. They played. They played six games from the 13th to January 1st. Um, and they won five and they tied the one game that they tied was with the team right behind them. Uh, so that was a huge result. And the team behind them, Ipswich town has been losing left, right, and center. I love the names. I really do. Well, the best part about it is that it's just where they're from. The, the, the team name is where the team is from. Um, and so Ipswich has drawn the last three games Lost, so their last win was six games ago. And so if you're looking at the standings, Leicester City is 10 points clear of Ipswich uh, for first place. And that is music to my ears because this team deserves to go back up to the Premier League. And now that we're around the halfway point of the season, give or take a few games, um, they're looking like a team that's ready to move back up and, and truly makes me happy because I was worried that they would fall, you know, and be a mid pack team. Um, like so many teams that get dropped, uh, become, you see a team like Watford go down, uh, or, or even Leeds. I mean, Leeds is all right this season, but they're not in the top. Leeds went down with Leicester. Leeds is in fourth place. And it's like in Southampton went down there in third so sure, the three teams that went down are in the top four, but those two teams below Leicester are not a guarantee they'd be in a playoff to yes. get promoted. So, like, my question is, what have you seen when it comes to, like, relegation? Like, do you see teams, like, turn it on and be like, oh, we need to get back to this? Or do you see teams see that as, like, a eh, maybe it's time to, you know, rebuild, make a little money, get some players out of here? Like, how do you... Like, what do you know? Like, what is normal? Well, what, what do you think? I'm going to give you an example of a team that that got dropped. And they're actually in sixth place right now. They'd be in a playoff to move up, too, which would be an unbelievable story. There was a Netflix documentary out about them. Uh, it's probably still on there about Sunderland. Um, and I forget the name of it. My dad watched it. I watched it um, on his recommendation. Sunderland was a Premier League team when my dad and I got into soccer, when we got into Premier League. I forget how many years ago it was, um, but around 10, 10-ish, a little less than 10 years ago, maybe. Anyway, Sunderland got dropped, uh, got relegated to the championship, and then the next season got relegated to League One. So they got dropped and cycled. They got cycled right through the bottom of two leagues in two straight seasons. So the documentary was about them, um, their struggles, trials, and tribulations, and then getting promoted back to the championship. So they've been in the championship now for a couple seasons. This season, they have a little bit more money. They got a few better players. Now they're in sixth place. They're in a, they're in a playoff position. Three, four, five, and six are in a playoff to uh for the last spot one and two in the league move up automatically and and three through six playoff kind of like the college football playoff it's yep. four teams and 
I think it's great. And now, so you look at all four teams in the top in the in the three through six: Southampton, Leeds, West Brom, uh, and Sunderland. All four of those teams have been in the Premier League since I've watched soccer. All four, uh, including and then and then there's also Watford. There's Middlesbrough, um, Stoke City, Huddersfield. Uh, all those teams. Swansea, all of those teams have been um, in the Premier League since I've been a fan. Leicester, obviously. A team that has not been and is now good is Ipswich. I haven't talked about them. Ipswich is good. They have a lot of injuries now, which is why they've fallen off. But they're a good team, and they're coming up. Uh, Hull City is okay. You know, these top 10 teams, they get dropped and then they a lot of them just stay where they are. That's that was kind of my thought. But kind of thought. there if you look at the champions, there's only been It's like the same few teams, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so Leicester's won one. That was like a huge outlier and they were not projected to win the year they won. But it's the same teams. And so some of these teams you see have never been in the Premier League ever. Especially as you get down into League One and League Two, the a lot of these teams have never seen the Premier League, or they haven't been in it since the early 1900s. And so, there's your your long answer. That's one thing is like like we we've said this a bunch of times. It's just so interesting. Like I wish Division One, Division One Double A kind of did something like this. I love I love. It keeps it interesting. So with a team like Leicester this season, they're a little bit too good for the league. They just are. I mean, I'm not... Which I can imagine happens because they're a team that shouldn't have been relegated. No, they're 21, two draws, three losses. They're 21 and three. That's preposterous. I I mean, it's the next best team. It's which has 16 wins. Like, they're they're too good for the league. They shouldn't have gone down. They had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of... It was everything went wrong last season. They were losing games they should have won and stuff like that. So they'll go back up. But the rest of the league is competitive. I mean, Leicester's blowing yeah. the doors off teams. Yeah, but I this is like, looking at it neutral. Just looking at the stats is like every the other teams are really close in points. Exactly. Like it's like three point difference, five point difference, four point difference, three point difference. Right. Two from point from yeah. from second place all the way down, there's not a lot of separation. Like from one team to the team above them yeah. in points. And three points is a win. So every team is within one win of jumping over the team in front of them, literally. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, that you go right down to pretty much the bottom. Every team is within three points of the team above them, except Ipswich and Leicester are 10 points apart. So you're head and shoulders above everybody. But what will be interesting is next season, should they continue to play well and move up, and play Premier League teams like Liverpool. I would have to think they'd be like almost middling, middle to. And and to be yeah. quite honest with you, I would be thrilled if they were middling next season. But what you run into is a lot of this up and down and up and down. The same teams kind of go up and then back down, and back up and back down. That's what I was thinking. Where it's like we call them like in in baseball, like the quadruple A players, like too good for triple A, not good enough for the majors. Yeah. So it was like. One of the, I'm trying to think of somebody on the Yankees that was like constantly up and down and up and down and up and like Florio. Yeah. Like Estevan Florio. Mm-hmm. He was 
like absolutely mashing in AAA, and then they'd bring him up to the majors, and you forgot how to hit. So constantly up and down. That's exactly what it is. So we'll see. I love it as well. Um, I love it when when surprise Big Papa. (laughs) I love it when surprise teams uh, do well, Uh, and I like when the good teams get relegated. I do. All right, one team. If this ever happens in in NCAA, one team that won't be getting relegated anytime soon. Michigan Wolverines, Chris. Let's talk about it quick, and we'll get to uh, we'll get to bet the rent, and then we'll we'll wrap this bad boy up. So, what I wanted to talk about was yes, Michigan advanced to the national championship. Yay! Um, Alabama's done. Yay! Love that yeah, that is good for football. I think. I I'm sorry, I said it. Um, so. What I wanted to touch on was how the quarterback for Michigan, uh, J.J. McCarthy, uh, says that Michigan stole signs. He kind of admitted that Michigan stole signs to even the playing field with Ohio State a couple of years back. And what it's opened the door to in the past day, because this is brand new, is sign stealing in football. We have sign stealing in baseball. You have sign stealing in football now, and it's a topic of conversation. And I think good on McCarthy for putting it out in the open because nobody wants to talk about it, but it's the elephant in the room all the time. Yeah, well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to delegitimize a Big Ten team winning the national championship because plot twist, and not plot twist, spoiler alert, my bet the rent, take Michigan money line. Anyway. What they're trying to do is they're trying to delegitimize a Big Ten team from winning the championship because everybody knows SEC ball is the best ball. That's what everybody wants to say. You look at all these bowl games where they matched SEC teams up with Big Ten teams and they're just like, they were getting mauled. Like SEC was dominating. But you get a Big Ten team like Michigan coached by John Harbaugh. They tried, they, they literally tried their damnedest to make sure Michigan did not win. They gave him a four-game suspension because I think he bought, like, a recruit food. Yep. Yes. <laughs> on his credit card, yes. Yeah, like, and it was, no, I think he bought it for him not on his official visitor, on his, something, like, something yeah, he stupid. bought him with his money. He personally bought him, uh, he gave him, essentially what they called it was a gift. Like, he gave him a gift as an incentive. That's so stupid. You have that. Like he bought him he bought him a sandwich. Meanwhile, you have, you know, University of Alabama boosters leaving thirty thousand dollars in paper bags in in players, recruits, uh rec- and leaving them in recruits mailboxes. Like that's a story I've heard before, which is hilarious. Yes. Um nonetheless, yes, they're stealing signs. Yes, they're doing it. Everybody's doing it. He said eighty, at least eighty percent of the teams in college football steal signs, and I think it's probably higher than that. I think every team in college football steals signs. And to some aspect, yes, because guys watching film stealing signs. Literally, come on, guys. Hey, you know why Luke Keekley is the best linebacker of this generation? Not because he's an athletic freak, but no, he was calling the plays out before they happened. How did he know that? Well, when this team goes trips over here and the back is in this certain position with this down and distance, they tend to run this play 65% of the time. And I like 65% of the time. Hey, guys, that's stealing a play. It's like when you're in Little League, and not even Little League, when you're playing high school baseball and you get that one team that's real dumb and they don't know signs 
and the hat's the indicator. And anytime I go nose belt, nose hat, clap, I'm stealing second. Yes. Right. You go to the hat. All right. He's going went to the hat. Yeah. We're, we're- you know what? You know what I was always told as a child? My dad was my coach. He'll back me up on this. Hey, when you're not, when you're not batting, when you're, when you're sitting on the bench, when you're, you're not up, or if you're in the field and you're not paying, or you're not, you're not playing. Watch the third base coach. Watch his signs. If you could pick up on his, you know how many signs my dad used to pick up on from the from the stands, and he'd call me over and he'd be like, "Hey, let your catcher know nose, ear, nose, forehead, belt means they're stealing." I'm like, "Oh, really?" He's like, "Uh huh." So I tell my catcher, Billy was mowing him down. It, it, it's a part. It, it, it seemsmanship, man. Listen, my whole thing is unless there is some sort of technology. That's aiding video cameras, um, like live feed video cameras, uh, something like that. That's good. But if you have somebody that's studied, like they talk about Connor Stallions, like he's some sort of, you know, antichrist in the in college football. Connor Stallions is the staffer that got fired for stealing signs. The guy, I mean, the guy studied. It's not like he was watching something and, and, knew it immediately and picked up on it and and sent a message to the dc with an apple watch no they watched games previously of ohio state and of all these other teams they watch these games they notice the trends they memorize the trends and they go out and they execute like it's just i don't understand why it's a big deal and if it's that much of a problem and you you're being affected by it that much Change your signs. Change the plays. Change, like, change the signs you're giving. Simple. Like Mike, the, the best story ever about Mike Leach. I don't remember what bowl game he was playing in or what team he was coaching at the time, but he had one of his players plant a fake card. Like, like miss, like quote-unquote mistakenly drop it on the field in front of the other team's bench so they would pick it up and they would see what the team's audibles were and the hand signals were, and they would use that, and guess what? It was fake. That's gamesmanship, boys. Yeah. Because I would do the same thing. If I was if I was playing Mike Leach and one of his players was nonchalantly walking off the field and they dropped something, you bet your ass I'm picking it up. You bet your ass I'm looking at it and I'm going to be like, oh, I have their auto. She, like, listen, there's no, I don't want to say playing fair when you're trying to win because obviously you want to play fair, but brother if you're getting an advantage by any it's by any means necessary man i i i got a quote for you you've probably heard it and the person that told me this quote was mitch corn uh he's the director of goaltending for the islanders um i know he told me this This told you personally yes he did i love that um uh, it was at his goalie camp um he told it to a a group of us goalies i've had one-on-one chats with him but to a group of us goalies um, at, it was called Corn Camp, uh, and there's a child of the corn. I got a shirt. It's funny. It's cool. Yeah. Funny. yeah. It's K-O-R-N. Anyway, he said he's the most, he's the second most important Jew in, in hockey because Gary Bettman is the commissioner and the most important. He said that too. What about, well, he, well, what he was about, eating his knish for lunch. What about Jeff Bookaboom? No, he's not. Book is not the same. No, he was a ranger. Forget about him. <laughs> I just know him because of. Uh, the guys on Instagram and Bar Down. Oh. Jesse knows him because Jesse Pollock is also a Jewish hockey player. Mm-hmm. Jesse's cool. I don't know if you follow them, but they're dope. Jesse Corwin. The guys are cool. From but what? 
bar down. Bar down yeah. yeah. Proceed. Anyway, um, he said to a group of us, "If you're not cheating, you're not trying." It's a, it's a, it's a quote that's been everywhere forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, but he was talking. He was referencing um, uh, the chest protectors uh, when we were doing like uh, off ice, like play, like diagramming plays. Uh, like this is a comprehensive camp. Like we did video. It was really, really cool. But um, he said literally, jack up your your chest protector with suspenders. And I didn't ever use suspenders, but don't tie it way down because you want to make yourself as big as possible. And his quote was, "If you're not cheating, you're not trying." Well, it's like, should we outlaw the curveball in the in the MLB because it looks like something? But it's something else. Oh, they're trying to trick me. I don't like it. Like, what do we want a home run every time? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's again, it's not like they're piping. And this is another problem with college football. It's advanced so much, and they're going to have to learn it in the NFL anyway. Just let the coaches do the whole speaker and the helmet, so you're not going to have 15 pictures of a bucket of water, Ric Flair, and a ladder on the on the on the sideline. You know what I mean? You want to eliminate sign stealing. The uh, NCAA, which is the most predatory, it's the most predatory organization in the in the country. I think. Um, stop with the nonsense. I I agree with that predatory statement, man. Oh, they're terrible. It's a bad. It's bad business. I mean, right now, like the transfer portal is getting a little crazy, um, but with with nil nil and everything. But it's like the the thing I always go back to is when uh, Tyron Matthew was still at LSU and like everybody was honey bad like everybody was about honey badger I was in high school so it was like honey bad like he was the guy honey badger don't give a shit. but like that was that was the thing they were LSU was selling t-shirts that said honey badger don't give a and then they bleeped it out did he see a dime not one you got guys arch manning right now has not seen. I mean, I think he's. I think he's taken like five or six plays or something. Yeah, kneels, in a blowout. Yeah, kneel, kneel downs. But the guy hasn't seen. He hasn't seen a, a, an active a, a play. The guy makes more money than Brock Purdy, who is, I don't know how, an MVP candidate, a pro, a Pro Bowler. He makes more money than him in NIL deals. The the amount of money that these sports bring these schools and the NCAA is preposterous. It really is. The rules, the the just it's they try to milk the whole amateur aspect of it. They're not amateurs They're not. anymore. No, I mean, listen, I played Division three football. It was the most structured and hectic two weeks of my life of camp. Like, never have I ever been that busy. Never have I had to learn that much in a given amount of time. Never was I pushed physically like that. And again, yeah. it's Division Three. Like, we didn't get any special food like they do at Bama. We were getting Sodexo liquid eggs, brother. <laughs> and it's like, hey, man, you're up at 6, and breakfast is at this time. And you can use your phone from 6.15 to 6.45, but from or from 7.15 to 7.45, but from this time to this time, we're in meetings. And if you use your phone... <laughs> Not a good thing. So it's like the NCAA is they're profiting billions of dollars off of these guys, and and they're not amateurs anymore. No, amateur football players are the thirty somethings that are playing 
at local high schools. Like yeah. that's it. Like no disrespect to them because that's sick. Like men's league, I love men's leagues make the world go round, but those are your amateurs, right? Like you're you're literally describing me. Right yeah, now. no, that's what I'm saying. Like no disrespect, and that's but and like that's fine. Like, that's that's like, what all you want to be when you're like, at that level. Exactly. Like you you are an amateur hockey player. Of course I am. If you're playing at the University of Michigan and your and your routine is just as strenuous as an NHL routine, which might be more strenuous than an NHL routine, you're not an amateur anymore. No. You are a professional athlete. No. That was good, the Michigan. Yeah, thank you. Well I winked done, at sir. you. I, know, um, I saw the way. All right, so let's get nice, on. Anthony. Thanks, that was buddy. good stuff. <laughs> that was good sports talk right thank there. Thank you. Thank you. This let's is what get, a podcast is all about, in my opinion. Let's get going on some Bet the Rent. We'll do our college football parlay first and then our NFL parlay at the end. And, Chris, you're actually going to chuckle because they're not incredibly crazy. Who would have guessed? So uh, the Michigan one. Uh, Monday, that's next Monday, 735. Michigan, uh, technically Washington at Michigan. Michigan is the one seed. Washington is the two seed. Uh, it is for the national championship. This comes in at a plus 1,800. Now, the only reason it's a plus 1,800 is because it is a seven-leg parlay. Oh, my. Just yeah. wait. Um, it's not. It's really not as bad as you think. Um, okay, so we're going to start off Michigan Moneyline. Um, I said it on our college football episode. Michigan was going to the national championship. I said Mich- I believe I said Michigan over Texas. Um, I was almost right. Anyway, Michigan money line. Uh, I have Blake Corum anytime touchdown score. The guy is an end zone magnet. Um, they run the ball through Blake Corum. It's just it we'll hear about that again tonight. You will. You will. Um, Michael Penix Jr. over one and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, this this is an explosive offense. These guys are crazy. Um. I don't see them running the ball against Michigan. Uh, realistically, I don't see them passing the ball very much against Michigan. But, I mean, Michael Penix is great. He's great. He's a great quarterback. He's you At this point, you might say like a Heisman snub at this point. Um, so I have Michael Penix Jr. over one and a half passing touchdowns. Next, I have Blake Corum over 105 and a half rushing yards. Is the 105 rushing yards a lot? Yes. Um the only thing that gives me a little bit of agita about this is if it becomes a shootout, they're not going to be running the ball very much. But Michigan thrives by controlling the game and pounding the rock and everything. So, again, you know what? I'm going to take that one out. Wow. Scratch that from the record. Wow, a Scratch removal. That. It's going to stay at plus 110. He reneged. It's going to stay at plus, plus 110 or 11. 1100, not 110. Like 110, Anthony. No, 1100, 1100. Why are you making um, the bet? So, uh, take out the Blake Corum. Now, the reason we take out the Blake Corum, keep his touchdown. Don't go over 100 and a half yards. The reason is because J.J. McCarthy, take his alternate passing yards, 225 over. Um, see, yeah. this is where it's tough. I think it's going to think it's gonna end up being a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. And if it does, then you're easily hitting that over. Um, I do, honestly. Um, J.J. McCarthy over one and a half passing touchdowns and Michael Penix Jr. over .5 interceptions thrown. Um, it's going to get you a plus $1,100. $10 wins you $110. Um, excuse me, $10 is a total payout of $120, so you get your money back. Plus um, so that is my NCAA National Championship bet the rent. Michigan Moneyline, Blake Corum anytime touchdown, over one and a half patch- passing touchdowns, Michael Penix Jr., Alternate passing yards over 225, J.J. McCarthy. 
J.J. McCarthy over one and a half passing touchdowns. Michael Penix Jr. over .5 interceptions. And now we take it to the professional gridiron. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, this one is going to be a five-pick parlay coming in at plus 15.48. Nothing too too crazy. Um, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line over the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are abysmal. Tampa Bay is playing for I, – I know. Tampa Bay is playing for a playoff spot. Keep trying to keep their playoff hopes alive, I believe. Maybe not. It'd be nice if the uh, if the Panthers could spoil that party, though. Uh, no, it wouldn't be. I, I don't care. Lose every game. Now. Lose every game. Um, lose your owner, too. That's the next episode. <laughs> um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line next. Falcons at the Saints. <laughs> I believe I believe this is the game to decide the division. I don't know how it's going to happen, but uh, Falcons money line. I think the Falcons are the better team. Um, they started using Bijan Robinson correctly. Keep using Bijan Robinson correctly, and you're going to see good things happen. Next, uh, LA Chargers money line. Now, the reason I say this is because the Chiefs have already clinched the playoffs. I'm assuming they're resting everybody. I don't know that for a fact, but I would assume they're going to rest everybody. I mean, it's been coming out more and more this week that that guys are being rested. Uh, Lamar Jackson's not playing yep. this week. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jared Stidham is in uh, for... Russ for Russ, and you know I'm sorry. My friend, uh, my friend Travis had the audacity to say that uh, that he he te- he's very uninformed about certain things, and he goes, "Man, they did. Well, Russ really is a bust in Denver, huh?" And I'm like, you know, this is a financial move, right? Yeah, they sat him because well, they, the the reason they sat him is because he refused to not make money, and they're like, "Well, you're not going to play." It has nothing to do with performance. He is the reason why they were even halfway decent this year. I said it. He had better stats than Mahomes. Yep. Next, uh, LA Chargers over Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this team, I don't think either team has really anything to play for, but it's at home, and the Chiefs will be resting Mahomes, uh, most likely resting their big defensive starters because, let's be real, this team limped into the playoffs, and God forbid they lose, like, Travis Kelsey or a Patrick Mahomes or a Chris Jones, like it would be the end of it. Tay Tay's not going to be at this game, probably. <laughs> be the end of that. Well, it's in LA, so you never know. Yeah. And then the final leg to this um, little four pick parlay. That's wrong. Hold on. Um, it's not wrong, but it's showing five pick parlay, which I don't know what my fifth pick is. Anyway, uh, Green Bay Packers money line at the Bears. Packers need to win to clinch a playoff spot which I laughed at Chris. I apologize. Um, I laughed. Uh, I, I apologize for laughing at that and the Rams because the Rams are, the Rams have made the playoffs. I believe they've clinched a wild card. Yeah, and that's two. That's two you laughed at me for. I remember you explicitly were like, I think both of these teams are going to make the playoffs, and I laughed directly in your face. I know you did. In the, in the old playroom. In the old playroom. No. Was it this playroom? No. No, we did that. We did that on the couch. We recorded on the couch for that one. I think we were Sans, Mouse, and Minnie Mouse, so I think we recorded on the couch. Did or, we? Or it might have been the last episode in the old playroom. I thought it was the old playroom, but anyway. Nonetheless, let me finish rounding out this parlay. The only one I added in is the uh, Houston, Texas, Houston Texans money line over the Indianapolis Colts. So it's a five-pick parlay. 
clocking in at $14.96, $10 won you $149. Tampa Bay money line, Atlanta Falcons money line, Chargers money line, Packers money line, Texans money line. I All think right. that's a lock. Oh, boy. Uh, it's not. It's just not. Um, don't pick in the If you want to follow my betting advice, it's don't bet on anything in the NFL this week because a lot of guys are being rested and you never know what's going to happen. Um, anyway, for hockey, it's in full swing. Nobody's being rested in hockey right now. Um, this is a Saturday parlay. Um, I'm doing three money lines. I usually do a money line and over under and, uh, uh a puck line, uh, but I'm doing three money lines because I feel strongly about this ant will like this one. The Wild beating the Blue Jackets, that should be, that. they better beat the Blue Jackets. Um, they better beat the doors off that team with the Flower and Net. I would say it depends on if Flower's in Net or not. Well, Flower's going to play that game. Why not? Would they bring up? I don't even Does know. Does back up? They didn't bring up Jesper. I don't even know. Yeah, I have no idea. I should pay attention, but it's been a, it's been a crazy week. Uh, Boston Moneyline versus the Lightning. The Lightning look like a bit of a floundering team this season. Even Andre Vasilevsky coming back uh, from his injury. They're still kind of a mid-pack team. They're sitting out of a playoff spot right now, if you can believe that. Um, behind the Islanders, even in the wild card, uh, that just gives you a, a taste of as mad as I get about the Islanders, there are good teams that are having worse seasons right now. Um and the Lightning are one of them. Uh, I have the Bruins winning that game. The Bruins are not as good as they were last season, quite as good. They're still pretty darn good. Um, and then Avalanche money line versus Florida. Uh, just getting to watch the Islanders play the Avalanche. Um, the Avs are a good team. When you see, when you see Nathan McKinnon wind up in overtime on a four-on-three power play for a slap shot twenty feet out, it's night night forever. I'm telling you right now, it is not fun to watch. As soon as that pass went across to McC- I said this game is over in the did, split second it took. Didn't McCarr have three assists that game? Uh, I, think I, don't, I cannot assists. verify that. But McCarr is a beast. Uh, that team is excellent. They have problems in net. Uh, Alexander Georgiev uh, picked up the win last night against the Isles, but um, he has allowed more goals this season than Anybody else in the entire NHL. Um, and he also has 20 wins, which is the most in the NHL. And he's given up the most goals. So take that. Love uh, that. Yeah. We love that. So his team is scoring uh, four goals a game at home on average. Um, and they scored five in that game against the Islanders. I just picked up the point. I'm thrilled. But anyway, I have the Wild Money Line, uh, Boston Money Line, and Avalanche Money Line on Saturday. I don't know the uh, the odds yet. They're not going to be that bad. Throw a hundred on the game, you'll win like thirty bucks. Throw a hundred on the game. Yeah, throw a hundred. Throw a tenner. No, throw a hundred. You win thirty bucks. Got it. Got it. Got it. You win thirty bucks. Yeah, you get a hundred thirty back. That doesn't make the shorts jump. No, but 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 it. If you bet five dollars and you win. Like two and a half more dollars. This is why betting this or is five why, more dollars. This is why gambling doesn't appeal to me as much because you know the ten dollar bets to win twelve doesn't mean anything, but a thousand dollar bet to win twelve hundred sounds a lot better. Exactly. So it's like that's the thing is like I'm still at the yeah. low risk low reward where it's like it doesn't hurt that bad to lose ten bucks. That's where I'm at. I'll put five. 
if I if I needed to. Five dollars is if it's five dollars to win seventy, I'm 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 why would I do that? Why would I do that to myself? But if it's five dollars to win ten, that's lunch. Exactly. That's three gallons of gas. That it's uh, you think I'm kidding you? Uh so that's where we're at. And so that's why I give you the reasonable parlay. I've already hit one. Um I've hit one and you have hit unreasonable one. and them still there's still money left over. True. That's true. That was, that was a big thing. It was like ten bucks. I think it was like ten to win like eight hundred or something like that. Yeah. It was a big boy. Yeah. Week one. Texas was I was sweating. That was when Texas beat Bama. But you didn't make a bet. Huh? You didn't bet any money on that. No. Though. No, I didn't. You could have I'm you, still up on the units though. Right. Right. You still have plus money in the yes. pool of yes. sports and spaghetti land. Correct. Oh man. There's bet the red. Goodbye. Okay. Now on the Grammys grinders will make it short, sweet. You know what? I'll start it because Chris usually starts it. I'll start it this week. Go for it. My Grammys grinder, shout out Blake Corum. Blake Corum is the running back of the University of Michigan. Let's say soon to be national champions by next week. Maybe. Let's hope. Or I could be completely wrong. Anyway, Blake Corum is now the uh, all-time rushing touchdowns leader at the University of Michigan. Good on him. But what makes that more impressive? He's been a machine this year. Uh, a key cog in their machine, I guess. I, I, I overuse machine there. But um, the reason big on Blake Corum is he could have left. He could have went to the NFL draft. Nonetheless, he stayed. Granted, yes, he did tear his ACL. Alas. But he stayed. Um, job's not done. Same thing with their offensive line. Same, you know, Ryan. I believe Ryan and Ola were the only two that left. Ryan Hayes and Ola like Owatami or whatever his name is. Those are the only guys that left because they literally could not play anymore. But it's like Trevor Keegan stayed, Zach Zinter stayed, like the boys kept it. Drake Nugent transferred in. So it's like these guys, the job wasn't done. These guys were winning natty, and I think they do. So Blake Corum, you're my Grammys grinder of the national championship week. We'll see if Benny reprises his role next week as Grammy's grinder. I thought you, I thought you were going to say reprises his role as a guest on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Uh, he's, he's uh, I think, snoring over there. His eyes are closed. Uh, yeah, he's, he's moving. He's moving. <laughs> the, mirror, the mirror under his nose fogged up. <laughs> oh, no. I love that. My Grammys grinder of the week is a true grinder. Um, listen, I told you I wasn't going to talk about the Islanders. I'm going to talk about them for a minute. I'm going to start my car real quick. Uh, can you imagine? Um, Jules is probably like, get home. You no, definitely. Need, most you, definitely. You need to leave now. I mean, it is after 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's pretty late. We went on way longer than I thought we would. It's okay. Um, Noah Dobson is my Grammys grinder of the week uh, for his time on ice uh, uh over the last few weeks. So he set an Islander record. It's about records um, this week. And it's not like super sparkly records, if you will. Um, or underground's records, which go check oh, them out. Very good. Good plug there. Uh, Dobson has 17 straight games with 25-plus minutes played, um, which is an Islander's record. He got that in his 16th straight game. Um, just fantastic stuff. Um from Dobson, uh, the half of the decor of the Islanders has been hurt. Adam Pellick's been out. Ryan Pulhuk's been out. There's your one and two. Scott Mayfield is out. The, arguably your number four. 
Um, and Noah Dobson is taken over, and he is very close to the team lead in points. Uh, he's close to the league lead in defenseman points. Um, I think he's the assist leader in the NHL for defensemen. I think Brock might be up there. Um, this guy talking about Faber. I'm I, giving the credit to Dobson. I love Brock. So anyway, so the Dobber has really eaten it up with ice time, and um, he's grinded it out. He's given the Islanders that steadiness as a number one D-man. And I could see this guy winning a Norris. I could see Brock Faber winning a Norris trophy. Uh, they'll probably be competing against each other for it for years to come, um, the way both of them are playing. But Noah Dobson's my Grammy's grinder of the week. And, uh, yeah, this has been Sports and Spaghetti. Um, I'm I'm Chris. I almost said I'm Ant. You're not Ant. I'm Chris. That's Ant. Uh, follow us on TikTok at Sports and Spag Pod. And on Instagram at Sports and Spaghetti Pod. And um, let us know what you think. As always, uh, it's good to be back after a week off. Hopefully, we'll have some graphics up this week uh, from Nikki. Just send it to him, um, and we'll get we'll get him going. Um, yes, take us away, Anthony. All right. As always, hug your loved ones. Nikki, check the Google Drive. They're all in there. And as always, stay full. <laughs>